0: All right, hey everybody, welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm here with Trick Slattery, Chandler Klebs, and David Joseph. My name is George Ortega, and today we're going to be talking about the claim by some people that, and it's a very popular, common claim, that we don't have complete free will, but that we have a partial free will, we have a limited free will so um trick get us started when when people say that what do they mean by that what what are they saying
1: yeah I, it, it always baffles me george i'm not really understanding exactly what they're saying to tell you the truth but uh, um i think i think some people mean some th- certain things other people mean other things on it um some people take the compatibilist position and and they, they think that that's the sort of free will that that they can sometimes get but yet I, and I, th- I think what it, what it tends to be, what it tends to, wh- when it tends to happen is people think that because um, there's these circumstances that people seem, uh, appear to not be as free, for example, if they're addicted to something or, or um, they have some brain disorder or something like that, they use that example and then they, they, they say that this other example, when, when you're when you're not in, in these stages, that's more free than this, uh, uh brain disease or, 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 addiction stage. So, so it's, it's, I think it's this comparative between the two, but, but I think it's a mistaken comparative because both of them are, uh, through causal influences that they can't control. So, so even when you have like a, um, a brain tumor causing whatever, whatever action is, is happening, um, that's the causal mechanism that's that's causing your state of mind at that point. Right? In the other case, you don't have a brain tumor causing that state of mind, but you have um, you have the configuration of your brain that's causing so 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 that and that configuration brain co- stems through a long line of causality that they can't have no they don't have any control over. So it's the same it's really the same. They they're not really different but yet they're perceived differently. And that's that's what I'm thinking this this idea come come from.
0: Exactly. I think, you know, in a lot of people's minds, they think that, well, all right, this brain chemistry, whether we have a tumor or whether we have an addiction or whatever it is, you know, these are only influences. Even with the unconscious, you know, we have an unconscious that influences our decision. And they think just at these and then with the genetics that they just influence our decisions or part of our decisions are like up to us and the other parts are not. And so like, yeah, so you kind of like pretty much explained how the causality just applies to everything how <laughs> like you can't you know like it's, it's all causal and the causal regression goes back to the world we were born Chandler how will you would you explain how this partial free will you know based on the idea of influences just just doesn't make sense isn't it doesn't stand up to reason
2: well for one thing here's the problem um, when the idea that we have a partial or a limited free will it seems bizarre because it seems to me that it, it would be so partial, so limited by any definition that it's practically non-existent anyway. Like I don't see sort of like you know how um, uh, like uncaused events at the quantum level even if true would not make any difference at the macro scale. I mean, that's how I feel about like oh we have this tiny part of free will. And it's, it's really messed up because, it, once again, it depends on the definition of free will. And so it's like saying, well, a worm that has its gun to a, – a worm that has a gun held to its head as it's eating a leaf um, is, is less free than a worm that's eating a leaf but doesn't have a gun held to its head. So I, I don't know, but it's still doing the same thing, but either way, it's compelled to eat the leaf because it's hungry. So I
1: yeah. – and I think Ch- Chandler has a, a good point on the um, – a lot of people take the indeterministic side where, where they think that the, um, these a-causal events or non caused events uh, give them some kind of freedom. So, so when they happen to happen, then, then there's some kind of uh, extra free will there <laughs> that, that, the, that doesn't occur when uh, you know they're just fully – Influenced by things. So and then that's the other side of the coin where they're mistaken on that as well
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, and we have to do actually a lot of shows on that how like, you know, if if there is, you know In fact indeterminism or random behavior that certainly can't be um, You know that that can't give us the free will that, that, that we mean when we, when we say that, you know, our decisions are up to us um one, one way I like to describe, because I think we have to try to, like, come up with ways to explain this in, you know, using analogies people can understand. Um, when we're back in school, let's say in elementary school or junior high school, whatever, and, you know, we're, um, we're given an assignment by the teacher and, you know, like some kind of homework, right? Uh, report or whatever. And let's say, let's say one of our parents would like, you know, wants to get really involved in it. And let's say they do half of the report for us, because they're into it, you know, they want to help us. But like, then you know, like, um, then the teacher might say to us, well, wait a minute, is this really your work? You know, because it doesn't seem to be. And so like, basically, in that kind of example, it's basically like, both you know, your work and the work of whoever contributed. So you can't really say it's yours. So like in, in the same way, if the unconscious, if an addiction, if some kind of like influence, other people, you know, whatever it is, is taking part in whatever decision we make, we can't say it's a freely willed decision because that decision is in part based on whatever is influencing it.
2: Yeah. And this idea that, that a person's work is their own is stupid anyway. I mean, for example, if you're like a newspaper reporter, like you're writing a, a story, like you're getting information about an event that happened, you're writing a story. Well, you're not choosing what the story is. The story already happened. You're writing about an event that already happened. And, and any, sort of, any sort of choosing, that, you know, the whole figure of speech thing that people do is just about how the story is told. But you don't claim credit for the story. The reporter to take, take credit... For the story happening is just absurd,
1: <laughs> right? And I think I think another part of it is that people think that this little extra free will that that they are getting is part of um, the ability to do what they want. So so they're thinking, oh, it's because I, I wanted to do this and I was able to do what I wanted that that's a sort of a freedom. But but the fact of the matter is, what they want is determined way before they even want it. <laughs> so so it's 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 a catch-22 there. You you can't you know use that absolutely
2: answer. right and what the way i look at it i just say that when someone's doing what they want they're doing their will but i don't say free will and when they're right. not yeah and when they're doing what somebody else is threatening them into doing well then we say it's against their will, will or they're doing the will of the other person but you know the problem is these compatibilists they want to keep uh, shoving the word free in there, free will instead of just will and it, is, it it just screws the whole thing
0: up. That's a good point. All right, so David, are you are you on board with this just the idea that like if if you know our unconscious is taking part in our decisions, or uh, or if our conditioning, our past conditioning, is taking part in our decisions, then that means we we you know we really any kind of influence that's that's taking part in, in our decisions decisions just really negates the, the idea that we're uh, freely choosing our, our decisions?
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm there. I mean, uh, I often get this when I'm, I'm commenting to other people's comments on YouTube. Uh, they'll start off just trying to blame someone, basically, and then you come in and you say, well, look, there's no free will, and you know we're all products of our environment, so exactly where are you getting this blame from? And suddenly, instead of defending the kind of free will and the blame that comes with that, they'll kind of start mentioning this thing called limited choice. And limited choice, you know, they they say it as we can choose freely from a limited set of choices. But to me, that's like saying I have like 10% free will or 20% free will. It, it doesn't really make sense to me. Excellent. So free will is either on or off. You know, it's like saying I can't just fly 10%. I either fly or I don't fly. I can't just fly a little bit. You know, It doesn't make right. sense to me.
1: And it all comes back to this illusion that, that people think that they have these options that are all viable options when only one of them are really ever viable uh, based on the causality of the past. So,
0: Absolutely. And you're right. This is important because you're right. Like when, for example, somebody with addiction, you know, people will say, well, you know, sure, they may be addicted to alcohol or whatever it is, to, you know, watching TV, whatever. But there's a part of them that can override that addiction. And like, I mean... the The obvious answer to that, you know, if that were the case, then like, you know, anybody who's overweight and wanted to diet, whatever it is that, you know, that we'd want to do, we'd really be able to do it. I mean, just the fact that, that we are like, you know, that we can't, um, that so many people can't overcome addictions, that we have these, these, um, these ways of being that we can't just willfully change. I mean, that, that demonstrates very clearly that, that we don't have that kind of free will people, um, ascribed to us
3: right, right. yeah if, and, I, if, and the, I, if i had free will i would have the body of an adonis rather than a buddha
0: exactly and that's <laughs> all of us if i had a free will i'd be blissed out every moment of every day
2: exactly yeah and, think, and oh what <laughs> <go> ahead, <laughs> yeah, Heather, well, what i was gonna say is you know yeah people use this example of oh well this person who is unable to quit smoking doesn't have free will because they can't choose to to quit smoking. However, well, then they'll point to someone who does quit smoking and and say, well, this person exercised their free will. And so we have to figure out how to respond to that because it's it's just the weirdest thing. You know, what's the cause for why they quit smoking? That's I think,
1: I think some other people, um, especially certain compatibilists, not not Dennett, but uh, there's one named Frankfurt who, uh, who, <laughs> who who does this this thing where where he, um, he thinks these, that these high, there's higher order thoughts. So, so for example, if I'm if I look at a chocolate piece of chocolate cake and I really really want that chocolate cake, but then I decide I want to go against that cho- you know eating that chocolate cake for some other reason. That's a higher order thought, and, and he thinks that that somehow is representative of some more freedom. But but in reality, it's not. You you, the orders of magnitude just happen. Um, the the reasons why you go against the cake are there so 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 that's yeah, mistaken as well yeah, but
2: because here's the deal think about it why would somebody not eat the cake and and the and then someone will come up with reasons oh well it might not be good for their health and so well here's the deal you don't get to choose which which food is good or bad for your health because there's objective things that some things are healthier for you than others and you don't choose that
1: <laughs> right. Well. Well. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. He's he, like. He's. It's the weighing between the health and the enjoyment of eating the cake. Right. So. So people think. Oh. Well. If. If. If there's something that you desire, like wanting to eat that cake, but. You go against it for some other objective, that, that's some kind of uh, extra freedom, <laughs> but it's not.
0: Yeah, yeah. and, and we've got, again, we've got to do shows on how, you know, they can come up with those conclusions that, that really don't make sense. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's, there's no logic behind them. I mean, basically what, what, what they're going, they're, they're basically kind of like, they, they, they have a need, they have an emotional need to believe in free will and that need, you know, basically hijacks the reasoning. We've got to figure that out because that's going to be our, our one of our main challenges to to help people to overcome that. But Ch- uh, Chandler, in terms of like answering your question, like when people say, "Well, yeah, all right, somebody who was like addicted um, was able to over the overcome their addiction. Why can't the other person, right?" And I've had, this, I've had this question asked me in, in a lot of the meetups that I, that I host. And what I tend to do is then I start asking a series of questions. I'll ask the person, all right, so like let's say um, two people, one person overcomes the addiction, the other person doesn't. Then the first question is what accounts for that? And then the answer might be, well, like the the one who overcame it had a better upbringing, you know, had you know their their parents, you know, disciplined them more or something, you know. And then then the question becomes, all right, well then, uh, then is 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 it um up to one whether one's parents, you know, discipline one or not? In other words, like if if you. Engage Engage a person in questions to determine why one person was able to, to uh, choose, let's say, the, the moral or right decision and the other person wasn't. It may take one or two or three questions, but you always get to a point at which you know, it's pretty clear that whatever started that chain of causality was not in the person's control.
2: Yes. Once I find- you get into the questioning of it, it becomes very apparent what
1: the problem is. I find that very reason, reasoning that you just mentioned there um, applies to uh, a lot of people that, that use the, the whole poverty thing. Like um, what, they, what they'll say is they'll see somebody that's in poverty and then they'll uh, compare that with somebody else who was, who was in poverty, who got out of poverty, who, who was able to escalate themselves out of their, you know, their, their um, unwealthy state and they become wealthy. So they're saying, well, if this person can get out of poverty, so can – anyone else, but uh, it's totally different causal chains there, so, so they're not recognizing this, so, and it, but, it, but it allows them to blame the people that are in poverty for um, because they could have put, or it seems to this person that they could have taken the same path as this other person who, who got out of poverty and you know made it
0: yeah, exactly.
2: and people become judgmental they say, well if I can do it then you can do it <laughs>
0: Right, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this show. In other words, like, you know, this, this, this prejudice um, toward the poor, toward people that are disadvantaged in various ways, it's, it's pervasive. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's throughout society. And, like, so to the extent that people understand now, you know, if somebody's, like, really poor – they they had different circumstances than a person who who isn't poor, you know. Then then I think that shifts because like with that understanding, we blame the individual, and since we're mistakenly blaming blaming the individual, we can't expre- expect much progress. In other words, like some some people might be able to like you know summon up more willpower. By people telling them, you know, it's completely up to you, but the vast majority won't because the influences are within society. So to the extent we, you know, explain to people that that, that, you know, reasoning doesn't make sense, that it's really the societal influences that are causing a person to either like overcome an addiction or not, then we can just channel our resources to where they work you know to 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 kind of like finding out what in society is causing so many people to be able to do something or not do something
2: yeah and you know you mentioned the word willpower and seriously that's a whole other podcast right there like what's that supposed to <laughs> yeah. mean
0: well actually uh, uh, david what's your take on the difference between um free will and
3: willpower um i'm, I'm still thinking about cake
2: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey we got good news for you people you don't need a free will to eat cake
3: (laughs) all right that's good yeah no like
0: um there's this guy baumeister he's actually written books on on willpower and essentially i mean like the, the difference is like that some people let's say um you know Getting a job done. You know, some people f- procrastinate. I'll procrastinate a lot sometimes on things. and like, But we, we, we kind of like vary in our degree of being able to like overcome that procrastination and exercise the willpower to stay focused or to get ourselves to do what we need to do. So that's what's meant by willpower, just like this ability to basically do what, what we set out to do. But, but again, I think the point that we understand is that 's a different concept altogether from from free will, because whether or not we're able to like summon up our willpower, how much willpower we have or don 't have is in no way up to us
1: right, exactly yeah the, the willpower, whether you have willpower or, or to quit smoking or uh, go on a diet that 's all based on past causality, so if you can 't. And people get confused between these two things, the, the whole willpower thing versus the free will thing. Um, I know a guy on, on YouTube who, who does this all the time who, who says – who uses this word willpower um, interchangeably with the whole free will debate. So And then it just confuses things.
0: Right. Yeah. So again, we have to keep on you know, emphasizing it's not about will. It's about whether the will is free or not.
2: Yeah, and, and you have to think about it, you know, what here's what people do, and this is this is really messed up, is that they try to portray when somebody does like something right morally, well they say, Well they use their willpower to do the good thing, or they use their free will to do the right thing. You see what I'm saying, how they're doing it, how they're they're messing it up, it's a it's fault it's misleading because they're making they're equating free with good. They're they're equating willpower with um, a, a sense of morality. They're, so it's totally different, and they're confusing people by doing that.
0: And let's let's that leads us into our second um, way that people claim they have a limited or partial free will. You know, sometimes people don't claim that you know that their wills are partially you know up to them and partially up to influences not in control. But some people claim that sometimes they can exercise free will, and sometimes they can't. I mean, like, the, um, some people will claim that they have free will all the time, and the, the, the easy refutation to that is, like, to, to basically uh, remind them that the idea of free will has a, a moral component. In other words, like, that free will, to have a free will is to be fundamentally morally responsible for what we do. And so, like, you know, for example, there was a, a guy in a, um, my meetup last month, very religious this guy, and I asked him, well, I, well, if you have a free will, because, I mean, he, morality is extremely important to this guy. I asked him, well, like, if you have a free will, then what is stopping you from doing good all the time? You know, and that's a very clear way to, to get people to understand that, like, no, we don't have – you know, in other words, like, we don't have a free will to choose that all right, right now I'm going to do the, the right thing, but like, but I don't have that ability all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? Or,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The
0: all
2: and, the time thing. Go ahead, Chandler. Oh, yeah, and here's the problem. The weird thing is that freedom does not imply that you would be bound to do the good thing. Freedom, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't imply good, and I don't know why free and, and good – are equated like people do that
1: (laughs) right and 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 in regards to this time thing um i know some people who say oh most of the time we don't have free will but every once in a while there's you know you know you'll have this free will for some reason so and and that that really just totally baffles me when they when they say something like that so
0: yeah because like how would you how do you explain how do you explain that like how do you explain like you know sometimes you can have what is preventing us from from not having a free will when when we don't don't have it and and it's clearly you know the answer is clearly well what present prevents is the same thing that prevents us at those times is the same thing that's preventing us anytime we we, we, we um, believe we have a free will um david how's that sound it, it, you're getting the distinction between like you know um or, or why this this idea of of like a um that we can sometimes, you know, choose our thoughts freely, and other times not. I mean, does that resonate? How? 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 That that's not possible.
3: Uh, yeah, that, that that does make a lot of sense. Uh, that's definitely a common objection that I find with uh, people on YouTube. They certainly do mention that as like a like a first stance against free will.
0: And how do you ordinarily respond?
3: Um, I I usually just um, kind of mention environmental conditioning and things like that. I mean, even brothers they're raised in the same household, they're still being raised slightly differently. It's still a different environment for both of them. So there's still different influences and conditioning methods. So um, after that, and sometimes they can even go as far as saying, "Well, it's genetic, there's a genetic predisposition or, or predetermination, some people have told me, to certain behaviours. I mean, I can't believe I've had that argument. You know, were we in 2015? And people are still kind of trotting that out as they... Uh, as a reason to to condemn and blame, say, well, you know, they're lazy, they're fat, and there's no real solution to the problem. It's just, you know, we'll we'll label them, and then we'll kind of, you know, just forget about them. It's an excuse just to to feel better for the person who believes in free will, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like an an ego boost almost. You know, if if I can make someone else less worth than me, then that kind of gives me a bit of ego boost. It makes me feel better sometimes.
0: Well, that's, yeah, David, that's another reason we're doing this. I mean, our world is so competitive. We're so um, distracted often from doing what we should be doing by this competition, this this comparing ourselves to others. You know, instead of cooperating on things we should be working on, we're, we're too busy just kind of like judging ourselves, you know, compared to others. And, and it's the free will belief that motivates that kind of, like, di- divisive thinking. That, that, that thinking that just basically, you know, compartmentalizes into various groups and all. And just, like, it really wreaks havoc on, on uh, you know, what humanity is, is capable of doing, you know, once we overcome this belief.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, if we, uh, we could do a whole show on the whole uh, how free will, the belief in free will creates this egocentric... Uh, Mindset within people.
3: It, it does seem to go hand in hand in my experience. Whenever, whenever I've um, talked to someone about free will and they're a believer in free will, it seems to be that they're, they're quite egotistical in many ways. It's, uh, and that's, a- go ahead, Chandler. Yeah, well, you
2: know, there's this saying that I keep seeing on Facebook and it drives me crazy. Yeah, there's this statement correlation does not equal causation, but you have to consider. When you see that two things are related, they're correlated, that whenever this person has this free will belief, that, that, they, that it also has a tendency to produce arrogance, ego, egocentrism, and all that inequality, you start realizing there is a causation going on. And so I think that when things are, are continuously related, I think that you have to think, well, one of them is causing the other.
1: Yeah, the, the, that, that term is really correlation. doesn't necessarily um, – re- um, lead to causation, so, so in other words, if you open the freezer door or refrigerator door and someone in the other end of the room gets a chill, it doesn't necessarily mean that you open the, that door, cause that chill. Uh, that, that's the correlation we see, but it could be some other factor that's causing it. But there are you know correlations that we do see that, that we can infer causality 100 percent from so it's, it's, uh, it's, it, just, it just means it's not necessarily the case that, that something that's correlated is caused. So.
2: Right. And I get that. But I think what happens is when you see a continuous correlation over repeated right. experiments, well, then you, you've got some evidence that there's a causation.
1: Right. Striking a match on a hard surface, you know, a rough surface. Causes the match to light, you know, uh, you, you can do that a thousand times and it, it'll light it, It's not just the correlation. It's you, you understand that there's causation there. So
0: right and again trick as you were saying like with with a correlation correlation is, is involving two two events and like the the sailing point here is that both events are subject to causality They may not be causing each other as you said, but th- there's, right. there's obviously a cause to both of them exactly OK, we've got about three minutes left. Um, so again, like basically this idea that, that we have a limited free will just doesn't make sense. And now let, let's apply this actually to our unconscious. Can somebody explain how our unconscious makes it um, impossible to claim that, that we have like, you know, a partial free will, that, you know, that you know, part of what we, we do is up to us and that, that gives us freedom?
1: all of our conscious thoughts come about through unconscious processes. So, um, and and when you have a conscious thought, it it might configure the next unconscious thought, but that conscious thought was part of the process of another unconscious thought. So it, it all stems back to, um, a chain of unconscious things that lead to conscious things. So, so you can't, you can't be, um, free to have these conscious, uh, Qualities that you want, because prior it comes from an unconscious state, basically.
0: Right. So explain uh, uh, a bit more. Why? Why the, these um, these um, decisions originate within our unconscious?
1: Why they originate?
0: Right. within the unconscious? Why? Why you know? In other words, like they 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 um they're decided by the unconscious. And then we become conscious of them.
1: Because that's part of the causal process you can't you can't have um something leading to something else um that's always conscious you have you have an unconscious state leading to a conscious state um otherwise you just have conscious state leading to conscious state to conscious state and that that's not what we see we see unconscious leading to conscious states
0: excellent and as labette's experiments pointed out you know i think we have even like evidence that you know like you know thoughts that we attribute to our conscious mind are actually you know initiated like seconds you know up to 10 seconds before actually we're conscious of this all right guys this has been great so i think i think people understand that you know this notion that that we have a limited free will is not viable it's not logical free will is like you know you either have it completely or you don't it's like a light being on or being off and i think to the extent that the people understand that distinction then that might help them you know better understand you know why why we just never have free will in, in any degree um okay got about a minute left um any thoughts of like what our next episode should should uh focus on
2: hmm <laughs> i i'm yeah i'm thinking but i i'm not sure
3: um have we done anything on the uh is it called the hedonic principle? I think that you mentioned
0: before. Yeah, David, that's yeah. We, we've got to do another. Like, if we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, every decision we're going to make is going to reflect that that conditioning, that that um, hardwired bi- biological drive or whatever. All right, guys, thanks. This has been great. This is um this is the Free World Science and Religion podcast. We'll be back again with another episode. Thanks.